0: the world of work podcast with james and jane hi this is james and just before we start this episode i wanted to remind you that you can support us via patreon on our website at www.worldofwork.io forward slash support okay let's get on with the episode hey everyone this is james and jane and here we are again this is episode eight of the world of work podcast we've made it all the way to eight Hey, that feels like a pretty special number. Maybe we should celebrate. How are we going to
1: celebrate? Um, I think it's too high level to be meaningful. I'm not sure
0: I agree with the way that... (laughs) Guest? What do you think about that? Um, So we're actually focusing today on authentic leadership um, and we'll do the usual structure that we we normally do. We'll have a bit of an intro, do some definitions, do a bit of a research roundup, um, share some hints and tips, have a list of a week, all that good stuff. Um, And to help us through, we've got... A friend from the lovely city of Edinburgh called Laura Kinsler, who's here, who's uh, spent a bit of time looking at um, authentic leadership and who hopefully will help guide us through the subject a little bit today. Would you like to say hello? Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So you've been in Edinburgh for a while now and you're working here running a consultancy of your own. Is that right?
2: Yes. I've been here six years. I'm originally cool. from Oz. Um but yeah, uh, run a consultancy called Yellow Owl, cool. Um, which I, I'm sure I'll share more about in a second, but yeah. Yeah, okay,
0: cool. All right, well anyway, welcome to the podcast. Um, as ever, you can look us up on the internet, www.thewowpodcast.org, or you can tweet us.
1: At the wow podcast.
0: Cool. All right, so... Why don't we jump straight in with some definitions, Jane? Do you want to run through a few definitions? It
1: is that favourite, my favourite time of the podcast where we get to see what all the big black books and Google are saying about some of the terminology that we're going to use today and some of the terminology and uh, definitions relevant to uh, the subject of authentic leadership. Uh, So I'm going to start with authenticity, which I think is really interesting because I suspect it has its roots in the legal profession with authentic documentation and... Uh, around how do you check something is an authentic copy? Yeah. Uh, so, but the definition that I'm going to pick up on is the one from Merriam Webster, which is more relevant to the subject we're talking about, I think, which is true to one's own personality, spirit, or character, which I really like.
0: Yeah, I kind of yeah. like that as well. I mean, I, you've seen several different definitions out there, but that's quite a good one for me.
1: Yeah, I like that one. And then uh, I think also something that we talk about uh, a little bit more is around identity. Um, which is something we hear quite a lot in politics and sociology and psychology at the moment, um, but I think it's really relevant here. And uh, there's a definition from dictionary.com, which is the conditional character as to who a person or what a thing is. The qualities, benefits, etc. that distinguish or identify a person or thing. Cool. And I think the two together are really important for this subject. Yeah. I don't know what other people think.
0: Yeah, I think that's a real sort of core building block for authentic leadership.
2: I have a much simpler. Um Ooh, let's Oh it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We let's love synchronousity. Yeah, yeah, we love Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> um, well there's a notion of uh personal identity and collective identity, but the idea of personal identity is just one self view. That's it. Cool. I like that. Right, but, uh, uh,
0: that's chase,
1: yeah.
2: Throw that in. Yeah, no, no, that's,
1: no, that's, that's helpful. helpful anything simpler is always better in our view i think yeah. sometimes particularly with some of the uh, academic definitions they try and go so prescriptive in what they're explaining that they lose their meaning for a lot of people out there yes yeah. i agree which is very true and then i'm just going to throw in uh one more definition which i really like uh or i certainly like the, the, the concept of and i think it's important to share which is around self-regulation um that james picked up a definition from psychology today which is behaviorally Self-regulation is the ability to act in your long-term best interest, Mm. consistent with your deepest values. Yeah. Um, And the brackets brackets are from the definition, I think, which is violation of one's deepest values causes guilt, shame and anxiety, which undermines well-being.
0: So don't do it. Right? Why did we not
1: have that (laughs) during our values podcast? That might explain all of my frustrations. I was thinking
0: about
2: that when I looked at that. So yeah, those are my picks of the definitions. I don't know what other people have got or... Any yeah, yeah i mean i'm i'm with you again i'm i'm one for simplicity for me authenticity the one of the themes that comes out um across literature is this idea of one's true self which yeah. i guess you could have a whole podcast on what does that really mean yeah. um and philosophize about that but yeah to me in it's in, in its simplest form it's one's true self um uh, 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 and self regulation you know it's interesting because I'm just noticing as I'm the definition I've got is an ability to act in alignment with a person's core values and beliefs and I'm just noticing that word ability that's that's interesting because it makes it sound as if it's something that you've got to sort of work at which I actually believe is true you do have to I think you do and I I, I was just you listening to you talk about that
1: makes me realise how much similarity or over not similarity but overlap there is with the podcast that we did uh earlier on when we were talking about the changes that we've seen uh, in the focus on personality versus inner values. We, we did a podcast on values yeah. and it was yeah. a, a big thing in the literature where pre-1970, 1980. Yeah,
0: this is sort of personality and character Yeah, effects. it was about your
1: values internally.
0: Yeah. There a little bit around what makes up organisational change, some frameworks of organisational change, talk through some models. Really
1: interesting because I think self-regulation, you can look at it two ways, can't you? You can look at it as in, are you, are you hiding anything? Are you... If you're not your true self, should you be self-regulating? But I, it completely contradicts what you've just said, which I totally agree, which is you have to work at it. You have to work really hard yeah. to be true yes. to yourself. Yeah. Yes. And, and yes. even
0: before you're true to yourself, you, I think you need to work hard to understand who your true self is. Right? So you need What new
1: things you can bring to the market. And that absolutely is not in response to change. It's about
0: driving your own... I think only once I you do that can you start to self-regulate. And for me, self-regulation isn't different to authenticity. It's just being true to yourself but managing yourself through the world and you want to present authentically and be your real self and know your real self but you're polite to people and you know i think that's a a fair part of it
2: yeah and i think we grow up in a um from being kids to adults we grow up in a world where we are either trying to avoid the stick or get the carrot right yeah 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 um and that politic that that really plays out in the corporate world you know Leaders are trying to look after stakeholders. They're trying to look after yeah. their management team. They are trying to follow the, the, and avoid the stick yeah. at the same time. And so, I think we are compromised in that process. Yeah. Um,
0: Which makes it all more difficult to really be authentic in lots of ways. Yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 And hard. I think
2: um, part of this call around authentic leadership is around bringing consciousness back to ourselves. Yeah. Um, which I I think I'll talk about that later but yeah um, yeah, bringing consciousness to the choices we make to what is important to us and that is really challenging and takes a lot of courage
0: yeah well that sounds like a good time to jump straight on to a bit of a research roundup I mean, I I think think we're kind of getting into it okay Um, so listeners know normally sort of James or I will talk through some of the research we've done but given that we've got Laura here today we thought we'd um, you know fire off some questions and have a bit of a discussion around some of these topics so I guess just starting out, um, what would you say authentic leadership really is? We've talked around it there with some yeah. of the definitions and things, but how would you kind of encapsulate it into, into a phrase?
2: Well, there's so many definitions that are thrown about in the academic literature, but one yeah. of the ones that I love that, that calls to me a lot is this idea of um, a behavioral pattern of leadership um, that involves different elements. And the different elements that they talk about are being really clear on your values.
0: Okay.
2: Um, They talk about relational transparency. So, um, being open in your relationships. Um, They talk about balanced processing. So, it's Mm -hmm. this idea of being open to different perspectives, even if you don't necessarily agree with those perspectives. Sure. Um, This idea of self-awareness. and Raising your self-awareness. And... Uh, authentic behavior which sort of ties into self-regulation so yeah. this idea of walking the talk
0: but mm-hmm. in in lots of ways it's a bit complicated um it provides a lot of factors but it provides a useful framework a
2: pattern that involves those different elements yeah. but and it's not nice and neat but i like it because i don't think leadership is nice and neat i don't think that this space um is linear and yeah. i think that it's, this allows for, this, this sort of um, broad definition allows for complexity and allows yeah. for the reality of being a leader. Um, I also see authentic leadership as, I'm going a bit all over the place, but I'll come back, um, as a sort of core construct that other forms of leadership emerge from. So, again, it's this idea of getting these fundamental principles right, walking the talk, living by values, self-awareness, getting those principles right, and other forms of leadership emerge from that. So charismatic mm-hmm. leadership, okay, five-level leadership. Yeah. For me, this notion of... ...with us
0: at the wowpodcast.org or you can tweet us. At the Wow Podcast.
2: Yeah, so... Um, what else I, I, I think that's a really
0: interesting about concept
1: that- about... Um, but both the challenges that we experience when we're working with people and talking to people about leadership and yeah. they, want, they want an answer Yeah, and it's so frustrating when you, the people are so different and they're so diverse yes. and the people they're serving are yeah. so di- different and yeah, yeah, yeah. diverse yes. and yet people quite often
0: a bit of a dive into some definition discussions as we usually do we'll do a research roundup we're going to look five
1: things that will make a great leader there's five things that i can talk about with you that might help you identify what would make you a great
2: leader
0: for organizational change and and those external factors influence your organization and the level
2: so let me take a step back on that definition um they talk about a behavioral pattern they talk about those different elements but they also talk about the need for um this is about not just about leadership but followership. Mm. And the idea is that you know, authentic leaders and it's not just about their egos, it's about creating a positive culture, a positive climate and developing mm-hmm. their followers. So it's a it's it's in a way it's more of a selfless form of leadership. Yeah. Um, so I was reading the other and day, focus on yourself.
0: I was reading the other day about the prevalence of sort of dark personality traits in leadership. And there's yeah. almost feels exactly. like the antithesis. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got, what have we got? We've got like narcissism, psychopathic behaviour and um, another one which I can't remember what it was. Oh, Machiavellianism. Mm. Okay. Right, okay. So, so that's like the, the dark trinity of behavioural types within leadership and in some ways I think when we're speaking about authentic leadership we're almost talking about the inverse of that, is that? Yeah,
1: it's really, it's really interesting. We I was, I was on a, a monthly tweet, a tweet-along oh, yeah, the other yeah. day with, um, Avia, the AVM, which is an association of volunteer managers, okay. and we were talking about how there is a debate to be had about whether leaders in the nonprofit sector can look to volunteer managers for examples of leadership because volunteers aren't getting paid. You no. have no leverage over them. You have no contract, no control. Okay. They they have to follow by choice or yeah. not at all. So there's a really interesting thing about actually quite junior people in nonprofits who have really quite extensive abilities to be authentically. Yeah. leaders of their volunteers yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it kind of turns the whole thing on the head which i think is really hard for corporates i think yeah. it's much harder because they've
2: always got all of these additional levers mm. yeah which brings us back to the karen stick it yeah. does absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And that, that culture of karen stick um then creates different motivations for people um whereas i think that the uh, third sector is much more self self directed. There is much more self motivation because they're not mm-hmm. doing it for the stick. Or it's car. a lot more purpose driven, isn't it's it? Like an purpose-driven individual purpose drive. Yeah, so. yeah. And it's interesting because someone recently in the third sector for organisational
0: change, and it shows a series of relationship between the factors. So what it's trying
2: and um, my belief is, you know, I haven't done it um, for mm. the corporate or, or, or the particular workshop I am thinking of, but. Um, I wouldn't i wouldn't do them any differently yeah I'd okay. probably do them exactly the same thing different things would emerge from the workshops but um i've done really done a lot of workshops on authentic leadership in the nhs sure, okay. mainly and that that's such an interesting space to do it in because yeah. again there's so many similarities and values yeah um, says
0: your structures and your systems affect individuals in an organization and the factors that are close <laughs> and sideways
2: um, positive, cl- Yeah, that's the other thing with this stuff, that you're right when you say it's the antithesis of um, the dark side of leadership yeah, yeah, yeah. because it really is anchored in integrity and yeah. positive values. Um, yeah, and that's a theme that runs through all the literature. Um, Do you ever get a sense from the literature that
1: it's... Um how we want authentic leadership to be rather than how it is because there would be a counter-argument that if you are Machiavellian yeah. and uh, narcissistic but you present that in its truest self to the people and oh, they choose to follow you are you still being authentic? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong it's not, yeah, more, it's yeah, ne- yeah, not yeah, a place yeah. that I want to be but, but if, it, if they are offering you purely with the carrot and the stick in, in its most sort of extreme yeah. terms you will share in the, in the riches it's if we are... Enough. Still, does that does that is that still authentic?
2: And that it's funny because when I run workshops, when I talk about it, when I look at um look at this from an academic perspective, I tend to steer away from um the morality behind Mm -hmm. this. And you're right, it's grey. You know, it's not that black and white. And is that an authentic leader or not? Yeah, um, you can have a whole debate about that, mm. um, and I guess again another thing, that, another challenge. That um, I think, was think
0: was I agree that it's not really you know detailed right? enough to be hugely useful, but yeah. it's just kind of simple. Because
2: to put it in a box, they can and then all of a sudden go, okay, it's getting better, it's getting worse, it's right, it's wrong. Yeah. that's what they're they're driven to do, which um, has its pros and cons. Yeah. Um. So in measuring it, they've just they've said, okay, well this is what we believe this is this is what it's pointing towards if we yeah but but is that what they're saying is in these five behavioral patterns the openness the values the authentic behavior is that exclusively what authentic leadership is I don't know as a construct as a psychological construct within the world of academia this is what they're pointing to They're saying that it has got moral positive values they're saying that um is it it is anchored in authentic behavior it does people are have are. are clear on their values, they are open, they're open to different perspectives. But in the real world, how does that play out? Well, probably not as nice and neat and clean yeah. as, it, as it's being presented, mm, definitely. Yeah, it sounds
0: like in, in the academic writings, it's, it has taken on a sort of um, a moral element to it, it. Has, and you've yeah. applied, you know, the good side of things to it when, yeah. you know, When you can you have, said, absolutely, you can have values. Organisational structure, those are all factors of organisational change, and they're, kind of, uh,
1: of what a generally moral approach would be yeah um, and you can you know yeah. you can uh, but I think
0: greed is good whatever well
1: you know it. and then you, you have a really interesting thing around you know if you look at the Wolf Wall Street or if you look at
0: uh, mm. certainly Main
1: Street don't really have any particular business experience because they're experts in what they do and that's the reason the heads of in terms of the looser sense of they were true to who they were purporting yeah. to be I guess
0: in the definition of authentic they probably are but it feels like authentic leadership has a separate definition yes. that's evolved by bringing together some yeah. sort of moral compass element to it as well so, so two mm. things
2: one this is not about uh, a person in a leadership position all of a sudden getting to be themselves yeah that is the definition you know that 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 sort of what you're yeah. saying that it's yeah, not yeah, about authenticity and leadership and these two words coming together yeah, yeah. it's a construct mm. of yeah, yeah. authentic leadership which is slightly different to you know, now I'm going to be myself. I'm the boss. I just get to. Which be is normal. how, it's, which is how yes. it seems
1: to be portrayed in a lot of the sort of more mainstream quick win. Yeah. Sign up on LinkedIn. Just be learn about how to be an authentic leadership, yeah. and that yeah, feels like okay. it's very much being sort of hijacked. Effectively, something that's important and good is being hijacked yeah. for a quick, a quick. Here's five ways to be really authentic. And okay. Be yourself. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's not. Uh, uh, if we're looking at it from a academic psychological construct, that is not what they're talking about. Mm. Um, and equally, you know, I think I, I, I do refer in the paper around, um, you know, Hitler. Do we yeah. say that Hitler's an authentic leader? Well, actually not according to this construct, yeah. he wasn't. Yeah. 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 Because number one, he was mad. Number two, he was not looking after his people. And number yeah. three, he, he, he was obviously not anchored in positive moral values. So we can't define him as an authentic leader. But was he a leader in a position of power acting off- authentically? Yes, he was. But yeah. he's not an authentic leader. Yeah. Based on our definition, that's sort of confusing. I know that's sort of. Confusing. No, I, think that's no, I no, I'm I, very happy. With I that. would
1: argue number one, it's not confusing. It's really clear. Oh, and yeah. Number two, what an what an effective tool that would be.
0: Calls out style, which is the way that you you do things, and then it calls out your shared values.
1: Just standing up there and being true to yourself. Okay. Even you know, and it's it's yeah, where a lot of the narrative so, yeah. in in about you know taking tough decisions and. Yeah, right, in your gut and all of this stuff yeah. that yeah. comes out this bluster yeah and if that gets bundled actually, under the authentic leadership yeah, giving, name but
0: it's, it's a different thing isn't it giving
1: professionals a simple way of saying hang on when we talk about authentic leadership these are the things we're talking about yeah. Yeah. these are the things we should Great. be looking yeah. for in people in our organisations
2: what a yeah. powerful tool that is yeah so these are the behavioural patterns yeah that academia is telling us point to this thing that emerges called authentic leadership mm-hmm. And this we can measure. Right? Yeah. Um, in different contexts. Uh, which might nicely bring us to the research.
0: Yeah, I'd love to do that. Um just want to, just before we do, do you want to introduce your paper to people as well? And we should about it. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. A bit. So um I, I um used to work in corporates, um, really in marketing roles and worked in London in marketing roles. I've worked for Canon Australia, NCR. Um, and then transitioned into the world of coaching through yeah. a Masters of Coaching Psychology at the University of Sydney and really coaching executives for the last eight-ish years in Sydney, Singapore, and here in the UK. Um, and throughout that, uh, this I had this thing when I was working at Canon, actually. I was seeing all these different forms of leadership and particularly male-dominated. It was a male-dominated uh, organisation and wondering, well, what, what's right what's wrong what's my form of leadership you know what's my voice where's my voice in all of this and that was sort of the inspiration for a paper i wrote which was the development of authentic leadership using mindfulness and coaching which Mm -hmm. i'm going to have to talk about mindfulness of course yeah yeah, of course yeah um and coaching and i know we'll touch on that Mm um and through that paper really i've delivered workshops mainly to the nhs in this space but across different organizations um in, in different subject matters, but always really relating to authentic leadership, mindfulness and coaching. Um so yes, yeah, so I'm not an expert but that
1: they have segmented
0: stuff. And it, when I think about the concept that everyone wanted to reflect on back yeah. to our last conversation quickly yeah. before we jump into the research. Yeah. We talked about authentic leadership being um, you know, those combined words being defined as um a collection of behaviours that in some of our language bring together some of the lighter elements of, of behavior and actually create followership so so that that feels like you know we've had a bit of a discussion on that we've also then talked about authenticity and leadership and said that you know if you embody some of the darker behaviors you can be a leader who is authentic right but then you will not embody this essence of authentic leadership and I think a, a key thing to point out here is that if you're being true to yourself but you're a jerk then you have predominantly or often a negative impact on your team right so if there's somebody out there in your organisation who you think is being themselves and they're just really not a nice person or embody some of these bad qualities, they might be being authentic, but they almost always have a negative impact on the effectiveness and engagement of the teams that they lead. Is that a fair summary from, I think from so. what you
2: think? Yeah. 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 yeah?
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah,
2: that we're talking about this as a almost psychological construct. We're not talking yeah. about this as a, um, you know, the idea of, authenticity and leadership yeah. we're talking about authentic leadership it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that distinction yes that, cool. you've made that clear well cool. I, it's clear to me <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting there I'm getting clearer clear oh, I feel like, I feel like we're, we're between
1: us being able to flush out some of yeah. the challenges and questions that everyone yeah. they might have yeah. okay. which is yeah.
0: good and, and for me I think authentic leadership and we'll come on to it I, I believe leads to better outcomes for the people that are following that authentic leadership Yeah. whereas just being true to yourself if you're a jerk doesn't um, help your teams in the slightest I it might it's, serve you but long term it's not going to yeah. serve and
1: that's the point isn't it it's yeah. not going to serve the, yes. the organizations that you're working towards
2: and that's sort of at the heart of this that this is about serving others yeah.
0: yeah
2: not just yourself cool yeah all
0: right well do you want to tell us either a little bit about your paper or a little good bit research. around why you think um authentic leadership is a is a good thing I guess.
2: yeah i sort of I, I i'm interested in this question of why why do i care about it like, yeah. why is it important and i sort of sat with this um which is weird that I've sat with it for years, you know, like mm. years and years after. I sat with it before this podcast. Yeah. I'm like, Why am I so interested in this? Why is it important? And a few things came up for me. One was um, what a lot of the evidence or what the evidence points to. Well, actually, let, let me take a step back. Yeah, okay. um, there's a guy called Tony Grant who's the...
0: Is says that every time you affect one of these things, you affect every other one of those things and that they're all actually interconnected.
2: You'll see that. And one of the issues, one of the challenges that he had as a coach was... People kept talking about what's the return on investment on coaching. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Has everyone heard that one? No, no, James's
1: Jane, question every week is. What's the return on investment yeah, yeah, yeah. on that? I'm okay. <laughs> a non profit. I'm like, I don't care.
0: Exactly. Okay. So, so I he, used to be an, was, an accountant, so I'm not that. Oh, okay, Australia. so you have got to ask that. so where, okay. where's the ROI? <laughs> um,
2: so he was this was driving him mad. So he came up with this framework which I often refer to and I love, and it's you know, it is what the label is what the package is, which is the um well being and engagement mm-hmm. framework. Mm -hmm. So he talks about the idea that, you know, if you have high well-being and high engagement, then people are flourishing. People are happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you have high well-being but low engagement, you've got people that feel great but they're bored. Yeah. And that has knock-on effects, right? If you have people that have um, high engagement, so in other words, they're working really hard, they're, they're doing their hours, but actually their well-being is being compromised, then we start to have people start dipping into areas where they're languishing, they're struggling, they're stressed. And equally, if we move into a quadrant where we've got low well-being and low engagement, all of a sudden, we're hitting... You know, people are hitting the wall, you could say yes. metaphorically. You know, you're starting to get high levels of stress, probably depression.
0: Yeah, maybe time off, absence-related exactly, stuff. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So um, this is like a two-by-two two matrix model. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: And, um, and, like, ultimately, whether it's for... A moral value or whether it's just for profits yeah i would like to think most organizations want people to be in the quadrant where they're flourishing right yeah. where they Absolutely. have high well-being and they're yeah. highly engaged. Well, that, that's, that's that's what we we're yeah, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'd and, like to think that's that. one of the um
0: <laughs> the, the sort of things that way to achieve that that's the same idea behind the volunteer army so in an organization how can you can help improve the well-being um and quality of life and fulfillment of the people who work for an organization but also Help improve the productivity and efficiency of that organization, right, right, which is right. a, a really similar sort of um, conceptualization. Constantly. Exactly, is, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
2: So, if you look at you know the, the intention of trying to keep people flourishing, high well-being and high engagement, and then you come back to authentic leadership. Now, authentic leadership, in a way, has its roots in positive psychology. You could argue mm-hmm. because what part of what are the what the evidence is saying is. Number one, for the leader, mm-hmm.
0: um,
2: the evidence is saying that they have high levels of um, psychological well-being, high levels of subjective well-being. In other words, they're happy.
0: Yeah, for themselves. So, so, yeah. Right?
2: As leaders operating from this space of authentic leadership, they're happier. Um, it's also linked to uh, enhanced personal autonomy, positive relationships, a sense of purpose, mastery of, of, of your environment, and motivation to grow. Um, interestingly it's negatively correlated to contingent self-esteem so their self-esteem is not um, they're not defending their self-esteem in this space which is sort of interesting but for me what the evidence is demonstrating is that Leading from this space, being open, being transparent, being clear on your values and leading from that. Authentic behaviour, working on your self-awareness, leading from that space.
0: You know, sort of social recognition within your organisation and ideas and bring those people together almost into it. Yeah.
2: So then we look at the followers. If we look at followers, there is overwhelming amounts of evidence that if they rate their leaders as high on an authentic leadership questionnaire... Yeah. ..um they a whole heap of things happen so um, I haven't said that clearly not that if they rate their leaders but people who rate their leaders high in, in authentic yeah. leadership behavior yeah I'm with you f- also rate themselves high in levels of well-being yeah in levels of engagement yeah. in so- performance in I could keep going, you know, organisational commitment behaviour, yeah. um, commitment, high satisfaction with superiors, hope, positive emotions, optimism, positive... I mean, I could just keep going. There is just an overwhelming amount of evidence. So if I
0: ask you a question on this, so yeah. it feels like what we're saying with this bit is there's clearly correlation between my opinion that my leader is an authentic leader yes. and my own engagement and well-being yes. and enthusiasm. That's it. Right? Yeah. So we've got the correlation. Yeah. Is there any chance that just because a leader is good at being authentic they might also be really good at other aspects of leadership so that that what's engaging yes. me as an employee yes. is the other side as opposed to the authentic leadership or do you think that I don't know the but leadership I know that
2: is... in these studies when yeah. they've put when they've asked people to rate yeah you know so in these all I can say is these studies of course yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah I don't yeah. know if it's beyond that um, yeah. well and
1: that comes down to correlation and causation yeah. and, and that is i think for a lot of academic psychology work it's really really hard it's it hard. hard yeah 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 but the, but the bottom line is if the if the construct is good yeah. and it appears to be useful for people that's at least half the battle yeah. and if there's evidence that there's a correlation at the very least it's something that you want to delve far deeper yeah. into
0: oh, well there's no reason not to do it okay. no and
1: I think there's also a really interesting concept around diagnostics so yeah. if you have someone who has the ambitions for a, where a, a group of followers who have good high well being and who are happy ultimately. Yeah. And they have they took a lot of the boxes, being able to use these different uh patterns of behaviour to yeah. see what they're not doing to help them identify how they can be able to get better results. Yeah. Is going to start to build that that evidence base. And that's the yeah. problem, isn't it? There isn't an evidence yeah, base for, yeah, yeah, for causation. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted until, to open up the conversation. Until we, we can start, you know doing what scientists do, which is really hard.
2: And it yeah. is it has got its pros and cons, the whole causation. Too, yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's, yeah. But yeah, so so...
0: and we'll touch on that a little bit in a couple minutes. Um, The next one I want to touch on is John.
2: Wellbeing engagement, yeah. Number two, what a lot of the evidence talks about is trust. Yeah. Right. And I think in this day and age, what is happening, you know, really what's been happening in the corporate world, specific, particularly, and what's happening in politics, I think Mm. trust in our leaders is becoming so much more important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, again, what the evidence is saying is that um, it promotes employee trust, respect and identification. So, if I can trust, you know, I sometimes talk about the fact that if I can trust you, Mm -hmm. then even when you make decisions that I don't necessarily agree with... yeah. I have to trust that you're making them for the benefit of yeah, the organisation yeah, 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 because yeah, yeah. you've you've given me the evidence over time. It's all about relationship
0: capital that that you can draw down on. Yes, it, if that makes sense. yes,
2: yeah. yes. Even though I might not, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah. You've just built up credibility. trust you're... that actually my boss is making that call for the yeah. greater good, and yeah. I'm not seeing everything yeah. that
1: they're seeing And I think I think that's really key. It's about motives. You don't have to trust you in every aspect. You yeah. Have to trust that your motives directionally. Are directionally going the right way for the organisation and for the wider group of the people and it's that for me it's always that bit particularly around restructures and things like that with leaders where you can totally disagree with the the personal decision but if you believe the person is doing it and if people believe the person is doing it for the right reasons for the most or for something that is comfortable for them to understand they're much more likely to to be comfortable with that
2: and again if I go back to those five behaviours if as a leader I can see that Number one, you have this idea of relational transparency. So you're open. Yeah. You're not Machiavellian. You know, we can see that you're open in your relationships. If number two, I can see that you have a balanced processing. So um, again, it's this idea of you know, you're open to different perspectives. Even though you don't necessarily agree to all my, my, my yeah. views, you're open to different perspectives. Mm-hmm. If I can see that you, you're clear on your values and you're consistently living by those values that you have enough self-awareness to know your own strengths and weaknesses and the impact that that has on me and the people around you if I can see that you do generally walk the talk then, then yeah, it's exactly what you said James, it's like you're building the capacity in me to trust you, Yeah, you're earning the right to be trusted Yeah, yeah. you're owning your trustworthiness aren't you
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. well ultimately
1: um, if you behave in those ways and create those patterns yeah no one has any reason not to
0: trust yeah, you you're yeah, literally yeah. saying there's no reason yeah, to suspect
1: anything about the way I'm doing it except that I'm doing it for the best interest and okay. that
2: exactly so again that idea of moral compass yeah, comes yeah. and as really it does it, it totally in. comes back in you know it's like okay once again it's like I've got to trust that you see you're the, doing the picture it right. yeah 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 um, oh. so again for me and you know I can I can go into other reasons why I think it's important but really to me it's those two things in this day and age yeah the well-being and the trust are just so important yeah um, and you know the trust thing that there, there's a whole heap of evidence around um, creativity
0: yeah how quite a human level
1: it <laughs> is human but it's also real like yeah. instantly you say volunteers in this
2: individual and team innovation and creativity increases when they again in this authentically yes yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I can
0: I can see that linking to other things I've, I've read in that space
2: and for me what that is about
1: or that some yeah. of stuff is gonna have unintended impacts or that yeah. some yeah. stuff, or that the situation
0: changes. So you're in the middle of doing-
2: Be worried about, oh God, have I got this yeah, right? Have yeah, I got this yeah, right? Fear uh, of failure disappears, all exactly, those types of inhibiting- Exactly. Mind
0: traps or whatever phrase you wanna use.
2: So it tips into other benefits as well. Yeah. But for me, this well being and the trusting are just fundamental and critical in this day and age, in the corporate world, in the social, you know, in the third sector, across, yeah. our, across our society as a whole, these are really important yeah. okay. pieces. Yeah.
0: So, so you know, some of the key things we've talked about there is that, you know, that, that dual view of well being and engagement and how you can improve both through um, authentic leadership and how authentic leadership builds trust that, that leads to other ancillary benefits. And we've said it, it's beneficial for individuals as leaders. So, leaders have a better sense of well being and they're more productive themselves and have less sort of cognitive dissonance maybe in terms of being who they are and what they present. And at the same time, it helps their teams be more self-assured, more confident in themselves, more trusting, more creative, better delivery, better well-being um, and better deliveries or engagement, I guess, as well.
2: Yeah, and what I haven't touched on which you've sort of reminded me of is I think that this starts to tip into culture. Yeah, okay. And I think you and I have personally spoken about this idea of personally, I... I'm sort of sick and tired of these organizations who have all the beautiful values on the floor yeah. but don't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so done with that. I think yeah. most people are, you know. So I
1: think, I think you'd really like my last boss. My, uh, okay. my last boss, um, we had a conversation about exactly that. And he, right. he, he struggles, he tries to, and it's interesting when you talk through uh, and fill in on those five behavioral patterns because I can see where he, he succeeds and fails and where he keeps trying okay. to succeed. Yeah, and I yeah, think, yeah. like you say, it's an ongoing effort. It's an ongoing effort,
0: yeah. And um, he, You've got new behaviors, you've got new ways of working. And what you need to do in culture change is you need to make sure that those ways... That's again,
1: phrase, when, when marketing that. would get a bit excited about, oh, we could do this with the corporate report, and it's like, it doesn't matter. We, yeah. do it, I mean, we right? can, but that's not what's going to change yeah. who we are and yeah, change yeah. how we do things, yes, which I very good.
0: It's a first stage to help you deliver any large organisational changes, to create a sense...
2: ...to actually walk the talk.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leaders
2: know? cast really big
0: shadows, and that's what a lot of a culture is. Yeah, yeah. Um, um,
2: so I think yeah, it's it, it doesn't necessarily st- doesn't start at the top. I guess that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, start at the top, but I. Think that's one
0: of my favorite phrases, by the way. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's,
2: I think probably if
1: we counted up, that would be our entire lives. <laughs> yeah. But you're right; it is another. It's definitely it another subject because yeah. I think yeah. it's a really interesting thing. And I think the truth is, it's I always I always think about that whole culture, and I think oh, oh, authentic leadership helps so much because I don't think that is limited. I don't think those behavioural patterns from, from, from reading them and the way you describe them are limited to leadership Absolutely in the traditional sense that a lot of people are talking about it and yeah, selling yeah. it. Okay. And to me, creating a really healthy culture, I always think of it as like an expanding bubble that unhealthy culture is trying to get in. And the more strong, capable people you have of protecting and safeguarding that culture and living the values and war, yes. so yeah, the yeah. more you're pushing out yes. all of the stuff that might hurt or hinder yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. all of the challenges, all of the challenges that are constantly fighting yes. you know, to make yourself more profitable, to serve the interests of all the different stakeholders, yes. to deal with all the challenges that come from internal politics. Yes, and yes, everyone's yes. constantly safeguarding and pushing out.
2: I love that because what, what's coming up for me, and I don't know if this is a good metaphor, but you know, it's about... All the different it's like <laughs> the littles. A, I, I'm a true believer, and my, my supervisor always talks about this Louis Gardner, who's, who's a legend, you, you know, that's a whole other subject cool. as well. But and um, she talks about this. And um, who's my man, The Tipping Point? Yeah, he talks about this idea of you know, the littles matter, yeah, you know? yeah, and it's not Hugely. about you know, it's, it's about. You Your build idea a, of yeah, yeah. And I think all the you, different conversations. Yeah. And
0: you the, build a wall out of bricks. It's for same type yeah. of yeah. analogy. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure our,
1: the people listening, we always talk about you know what does it look like in the real world. And it, this is what it looks like in the real world. It's when you see a culture start to change for whatever reason, and yeah. quite often it's an absence of leadership. Quite, yeah, it does yeah, happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you see these little things creep in. You, it's not about a sudden mass change. No. It's about the little things in meetings yeah. and in interactions well, and in emails and in Do you guys know um,
0: like broken glass theory do you know all that no, stuff out of do New York me. policing <gasps> so there's okay, the whole thing about little, like yeah, yeah talk yeah. about that well just in a nutshell you know New York crime used to be um, obviously a big issue back in the 80s and so on and there's a change in police leadership and one of the things that police leadership said is what we need to do is we need to tackle the small things well, they that's make it permissible. Walls, yeah. That's okay. okay. Michael Glasson yeah. talks about yeah. this. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Sorry. Yeah. So by by fixing broken windows, you massively reduce crime. Right. So so while the the little broken windows itself a minor thing. The impact of addressing some of these minor things is is a huge thing and likewise the invasion of negative aspects of culture starts with a broken window it right? starts
1: when someone looks the other way for uh maybe a behavior that isn't isn't yeah. ideal in a scenario yeah. to me that's where one of the classic examples is when important key people and i'm not going to call them leaders because i think yeah. we're talking about but important key quite often managerial people start to um Ignore or not, call or out, tolerate. Yeah, exactly. Tolerate exactly. Things that yeah, maybe yeah. aren't great, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. just it snowballs. Because yeah.
0: every time as a leader, if you don't take an action, you're sort of endorsing coalition. Create a guiding coalition. Vision, create an inspiring, vibrant vision. It
1: is a battle every day to do the yeah. right thing in terms of the yes. five, five yes. behavioural patterns you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just being passive yeah, yeah. and, and, and I, picking I'd out say the that good stuff. For yeah. some
0: people, yeah. if, if, you're, if you get yourself in the right space, and I think we'll talk in, in a second about how to get yourself in the right place. I think if you're really in the right place, then it becomes less of a battle. You know, If you manage yourself, then, then, then you're aligned to all these qualities that we're speaking about and ways of thinking. So it becomes almost second nature. Well, it's
1: it's building habits, isn't it? It's building the habit of calling things out. It's building the habit of being positive. It's Mm -hmm. building the habit of really reflecting on, did
2: you do what you
0: did? Out of the system so that things flow a little bit more smoothly. So that's removing barriers. Um,
2: Things like that. And there's another, I'm plugging Louie because she's amazing. Yeah. Um, What was her full name? Louie Gardner. Right. Um, She has written a piece, which I'm always handing out to people, which is about safeguarding your own trustworthiness great oh, I love
0: that yeah, concept
1: yeah, yeah. yeah I really like
2: that concept yeah. so
0: you know it's, it's yeah yeah we should we should do something on, on that at some point and the sort of yeah anyway that's a whole other podcast <laughs> that's a whole other podcast <laughs> this sort of tips nicely into the next
2: question yeah right? I was going to say so the yeah. next
0: question was um, and maybe we'll, we'll look at combining the next two yeah. sort of together a bit yeah so the question I wanted to ask is how can leaders develop to become authentic leaders or how could a coach yeah. help them so, yeah. so how do we Help
2: that journey. Um, so, firstly, I want to say that I'm very conscious of, you know, I talk about these five behavioural patterns. The, these five elements of this behavioural pattern. That it's not a checklist. So it's not all of a sudden an opportunity to go, oh, what are those five patterns? I better start doing those five patterns. Yeah. This is an ongoing journey, which Jane sort of touched on. You know, yeah. this is this is a journey. Yeah. Right. So that that's the first point. Um, how do I how do I? What was the question? How do I develop as it myself?
0: Yeah, yeah. Or or, I, I, or how can you help somebody? If you're a coach, how can you help somebody? Or how do leaders go about that climate process? Well, yeah.
2: firstly, um, I, I go back to the paper. Fundamentally, I believe that coaching yeah. and mindfulness, yeah, um, based on and and, and that that this is, I could go on for for ages about a thing called self determination theory, which okay. was developed by a guy called Ryan and Deci, which mm-hmm two guys called Ryan and Deci which is self-determination theory is um, I guess again what it says it is it's a, a theory of self-motivation okay and it's complicated and there's loads of bits to it but ultimately what they, t- what they say is if you want to nurture self-motivation there's three elements Yeah. one is self-efficacy in other yeah. words I need to feel like I can do something I need to have a sense of confidence Yeah. one is relational relationship and, and relatedness and a sense of being loved okay And the third is um, choice. I need to feel that I have choices in what I'm doing. Yeah. And if I feel those three things, it's more likely that I'll be self-motivated enough to get on with whatever I've got to get on with. Now, funny enough, um, coaching does it. Mm -hmm. Because coaching is all about relationship. Mm -hmm. Coaching is all about um, helping a client build their own confidence to, to take on challenges. And coaching is also about um, autonomy. So, you know, as a coach, I'm trying to encourage autonomy, right? Yeah, yeah. Encourage choice-making. Yeah. So for me, coaching helps bring back your own sense of self-motivation and your own voice and and brings back what's important to you. It helps to realign. Realign realign yourself, that's a bit of a strange thing to say, but I, I believe it helps you... Create the space to remove yourself from the carrots, the sticks, from all the things that are the external drivers and come back to internally what's important to me. Yeah. I also believe coaching is a really um, good way to look at. Um, raising your self-awareness.
0: Massively. I which I think about, yeah. is really important in this. Mm-hmm. And for
2: me, the coaching I'm talking about is not like, let's set up another goal and let's drive towards another goal. So
0: not transactional coaching. No. That's how I describe it.
2: Right. It's more around looking at, um, you know, what are my own behaviors? What yeah. are my own triggers? Who am I being? What's my being and doing? And yeah. how am I showing up? in the workplace and the
0: language i'd use for that based on things i've looked at is is something like transform but there's
1: also there's a glaring hole for me which is that in real life what happens is you start changing stuff and realize that some stuff's not going to work
0: what steps are what's your current reality what do you need to do to get them together whereas transformational coaching is more along the lines of what's on your mind why is that the case why do you feel this way what would happen if you felt another way yeah, and so, so it's more reflective on personal motivation. So and,
2: again, you're looking at patterns that are yeah, going in place. It, yeah, exactly. At, yeah. Um, uh, th- beliefs you have around yourself. Absolutely. And how yeah, they yeah, act yeah. out? Yeah. Um, and, and
0: all too often in, in the real world, people's beliefs around themselves are shaped by the external influence that, that they're confronted against. So particularly in the workplace, what you see... Um, massively impacts the way that you think about yourself the way that you make decisions the, the way that you perceive value in action yeah right and, yeah. and individuals seldomly find the time to step away and really go back to themselves and say well what's my interpretation of this uh, once I've shaken off all the, the static and, and drops of impacts and influence from others so if I get rid of that I can think about myself and I think coaching does help with that.
2: I really do and and just that Self reflection, I think, is so important as a leader, which is yeah. something you don't need a coach to do. You know, to be able to step out of a meeting and go, who something went on there. I was really uncomfortable. I was really angry. I was at, you know, it's not about what they did. It's about what has that, what's emerged for you. What has been triggered in you, and what do you need to look at?" That. Yeah. So taking the time to self reflect. Sorry, Jane. No, I just, I think. So you, you said
0: it's, it's a, it's an oldie from the forties. I think it's, it's a goodie, but there's some about
1: Uh, I actually think realignment is a really really good word because I think leaders too often are in those meetings they're in all those situations and actually what happens is they aren't able to take the time to to step outside and think how does that sit with me and with my values and with who I am and actually have the space and actually I really like it I think it's I think that giving yourself the space to look at your patterns behavioural patterns say hang on look at what's happened in the scenarios um, in a coaching environment is a really powerful thing. And I, 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 I'm kind of drawn to that term, yeah. realignment. I think for a lot of values who do feel, a lot of leaders who do feel they generally are heading in the right direction, but still are battling and struggling to make yeah. sure that they really are doing the best they can. Yeah. I, I think realignment to, to self is a great thing because yeah. you've yes. got yourself. Yeah.
0: And the world sort of sways your sense of self all around. And it does.
1: That's yeah. exactly you're that's influence. a real yeah. world yeah. to me. Yeah. That's yeah. a really good example of what it looks like in the real world. As a yeah. leader, you're pushed yes. and you're
2: pulled and you're you dragged are. in all of these different directions. As a person. Yeah, yeah, anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> As an individual. I, yeah. Yeah. I you know, there is a driver in me to please other people. And yeah. there are points where um, that drive to please others actually doesn't honor me and doesn't honor the other person, and yet that's still in me. Yeah. And it's again, you know, I go back to this word about bringing consciousness. Yeah. And, you know, noticing and and you know, and that's why I think mindfulness is so important in this space. The ability, and and when I say mindfulness, and we could do a whole nother thing, yeah. mindfulness, <laughs> if you wanted to, but that's at least three. Uh, that's at least three. Um, when we talk about mindfulness, I'm not talking about meditating, per se. So yeah. some people might hear that word and go... Yeah, 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 yeah. might trigger somebody else. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm not talking about meditating, per se, although that may be a way into it. I'm also talking about just noticing. Is it almost conscious?
0: Yes. Yeah, just yeah. conscious thought. Yeah, it's like... So, so often we can be on autopilot as individuals, yeah. yes. right? Yes. I talk about...
1: Yes. So in coaching quite yes. a lot, I talk about developing conscious practice. Yeah. yeah. So yes. taking meetings that you would have normally and actually being conscious throughout the entire thing yeah. and, and giving hard. yourself tasks to force that to happen. Right. So either taking certain types of notes or observing certain mm-hmm. things to allow you to, to to be rooted in that moment yeah. and understand what's actually going on. Yeah. yeah, and
2: I think part of it is bringing consciousness to ourselves. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, and uh, uh, Which sort of brings me into, you know, one of the things, you asked me for this five list thing, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, well, well let's jump on to that. So yeah. um, I wanted to, quickly run through list of the week so as you guys know every week we do a list um, we asked uh, today if Laura would do some lists for us I think you came up with two two quick ones one on a list of five people who you think are authentic leaders and a list of five books worth reading do you want to just run through those quickly
2: yeah um, What, what I, I just I wanted to touch on the people because yeah. the people it was really interesting doing that list again um, because what became evident for me as I did that list was um, that they are all very clear on their values yeah um, and I'll talk about Tim Cook I won't talk about all of them because I am so yeah. conscious of time but yeah we'll we'll
0: share the list online so yeah it's, you it's can like share
2: the list online Tim Cook came into Apple and really transformed it he opened it up he um, got rid of the boys club
0: he's he, a consensus based collaborative leader isn't he very with an interesting background of his own
2: yeah, yeah. Um, he's um, the first openly gay man to, 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 to stand up uh, You know, in, hugely in powerful personal which was, journey which for me is Again, about walking the talk.
1: Absolutely. How do you become bigger than just you in order to be able to lead?
2: He was in a, um, a meeting, and there were journalists and shareholders, and um, you know they were presenting on how Apple was performing and someone had said, oh, we noticed you're doing work, you're giving work, m- money to charities and doing work in the environmental space. How does that link on return on investment? Yeah, return on investment. How does that guess. link? Because what's your link? I was there. That was my question.
0: That's all I care about. Tim, let's cut to the chase. Exactly. What's the link?
2: <laughs> and apparently he got up and went on a rant in this meeting and yeah. said, you know, Apple is more than just that. And yes, we're here to look after shareholders. And yes, we're here to make money. But if you want to invest in a company that is purely about making money, then don't invest yeah. in Apple and you know because we're more than just that. The,
0: the, the sort of phraseology we use for this that occasionally sneaks in and leads us towards some rants yeah. is um, stakeholder capitalism as opposed to shareholder capitalism, right? So it's not about returns oh, for your shareholders. It's okay. about working out who your stakeholders are in the wider mm-hmm. world, be they your employees, be they your local communities, be... They, the country that you live mm-hmm. in yeah. and treating all of them as people that you need to return to. And how okay. not hijacked them. by not, yeah. shareholders constantly, okay. which I think is a huge challenge but for that's, everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's our second podcast series. Yeah. We'll we'll that that's not just a podcast, <laughs> it's a whole different like name. Genre. Name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I just want to cool. mention him uh, yeah.
2: briefly. I'm not going to go through the books because you can all have a look at the books yeah, themselves. Yeah. And I know they're not all directly related to Authentic leadership per se, yeah. but there's a hint, there's a sort of... Um, connection Yeah. Um, and will we be able to put up a link to your paper as well is that possible that'd be great yeah, so yeah, it'd be great for people to be able to read about right. it firsthand yeah, rather yeah, yeah, yeah. than through just um, a long uh, but I think he's a good example of really you know he he, he doesn't just have these values as a, as a badge I mean he just is those values and he's yeah. very clear about that and he's really infiltrated the whole of Apple with that yeah
0: he's changed right he's, and know, people didn't think he'd be able to do it yeah and he, he's just and opened them up as an organisation
2: yeah. in a way that was never done before Yeah, and and
0: you think about things like a current example around showing people screen time and even starting to embrace the fact that your product might be detrimental but the right thing to do is to help people see that and manage that and that's a massively powerful thing that other tech leaders haven't done Yeah, Yeah. Um, Yeah. so again that leading with values and morality in the light is good Um, cool alright so I think we're getting to the end here Um, any last thoughts or top tips should we uh, go straight to some of those top tips around authentic leadership from either of you uh, I guess my one would just be around, uh, firstly,
1: read the paper. Yeah, read definite, the paper. Because I think <laughs> yeah. it's really helpful and really interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, But I do think as well, be thinking about, um, this is for people really looking for new roles, particularly okay. in the OD world. Um, I know it's not a tick list, but if you're looking at new jobs yourself, um, look at the leaders in the organisation and look at how they behave yeah. and look at those behaviours and those behavioural patterns because in my personal experience, and I have no academic research on it except my four roles in life, yeah. um, where my bosses have shown up and shown those behavioural patterns, uh, my career's been great and I've been really supportive and i felt nurtured and I've been in an organisation with predominantly what appeared to be quite happy and engaged people. Yeah, okay. So that's my tip.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's great. You know, that's that like sort also. of choose your leader and look for that is a really helpful thing. Um, I guess my tip on this is, though it's hard to spend time trying to figure out who you are, um, and reflect on yourself and, and that's I think the key to being authentic as a leader and we know authenticity and authentic leadership are different but at least if you do some of that introspection and work out what your values are and are clear on what's important to you um, and I guess you know I kind of wrote this down earlier but I guess if you do that re-baselining and realigning to yourself um, then that's a great start in moving towards being an authentic leader
1: um, I think we should all realign to ourselves on a regular basis I love ourselves. that <laughs> 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 All right,
0: so there are a couple uh, last thoughts and tips for us there. Um, I know, Laura, you, you said that coaching was really one of the key things, so you recommended that as a tip. Um, so I think that's a good one. Um, so I think it's just time for us to say goodbye. Um, you can get in touch with Laura at laura at yellowowl.co.uk or check her out at our website. So it's goodbye from Laura.
2: Thank you so much for having me. A pleasure. Great Absolute pleasure. <laughs> You'll be back from
0: podcast number two and three. And it's goodbye from me, Jane. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Hi. Thanks for listening to this episode of the World of Work podcast. To learn more about what we do, please check out our website, www.worldofwork.io, where you can read some great articles, learn more about the seminars and courses that we deliver, or even support us if you wish through our Patreon page. That's www.worldofwork.io. Thank you.